First of all, I want to share my very groovy... Ooh, no, not my. Hey. You're very yeah. groovy. Someone is prideful. Hold on, I want to try and get the right zoom. Not 170. 117. <laughs> oh, somebody's eyes are going. Okay, yeah, I gotta get it just right. SSA. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Interrogang podcast. This week, we get a little devilish when we describe how we would design the seven deadly sins in font form. Don't be envious, but we're very proud of this episode when we could have been, and would have rather been, slothful. I'm Joshua Dick, along with my good friend, your Interrogang co-host, and an icon, a symbol, but not a wingding, Kyle Reed. Hi, Josh. It's good to see you again. How goes it, Kyle? You ready for a lively discussion this week? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, the, the light, breezy topic of... Of sinning. Seven of deadly dead, sins. Deadly <laughs> sins. Well, you make a good point. But, uh, you know, we're professionals. We're ready to go. Yeah. We'll keep it, let's do we'll it. keep it light and breezy, I think. I hope. We'll see. Or we'll be dead by the end. Anywho... <laughs> Let's go. This is week 22, 2023. Hi, friends. It's good to be back here with you after a bit, ready to share some of the stellar family releases that have popped up over the last week or so, and the inspiring Foundry news that is worth our time. Let's get right into it, because there is a lot I'd like to share. First of all, I want to share a very groovy display face that's rather rotund. Overlap Type Foundry published the wonderfully round Sako this week. Sako is an egg-shaped, bold and blobby display sans, I guess, <laughs> designed by Libby Bischoff as part of her 52 fonts project and has now been fully developed into a two-style hippy-dippy dream. Those last couple words were mine, not theirs. Overlap says this about, uh, about Sako. With its fat-bottomed forms, Sako has a retro feel and a huggable energy. Oh boy, are they right. They are so squishy. They're plump and cute and blend together <laughs> on the reading line to form a pillowous, mounded landscape of words. Pillowous. Yeah, a word I just invented for this typeface. <laughs> a great word, very descriptive. <laughs> there are so many delightful marshmallowy moments in this typeface, certainly a highlight of the last few weeks. Highly recommend checking it out. I feel like Sako is the water balloon of letter forms. It makes me want to just grab Sako and and chuck it at my friends and family. It it feels like yep. the these rounded bottoms just got a little uh oversaturated. <laughs> Next I'd like to chat about a new foundry we highlighted in the weekly. Counterforms. Counterforms is a new type foundry that champions emerging discursive Antipedian type designers. I don't really know what half of those words mean, but that's what they are. <laughs> uh, driven by typographic research, education, and advocacy, we publish original typefaces and texts towards a more accessible, diverse, and equitable future. Uh, that's a direct quote from Counterforms themselves. Counterforms is cool because they are authentic, transparent, and earnest in the work that they are presenting. Uh, right now, five type families that are just getting their start. One in particular that I'm particularly fond of is Herbic. 
Herbic. Another really good name. Mm-hmm. It's a warm, mm-hmm. buoyant serif that explores the types of the Dutch Baroque. It's, ty- it's a typeface with tact, guile, and intrigue. It's subtly shaped yet sharply formed. It's an editorial serif with a bright future. Very cool stuff from Counterforms here. Um, with uh, you know, checking out everything, the full Foundry site, uh, highly recommended as well. Um, yeah, some innovative things going on from all the different designers from a variety of backgrounds. And just a, a quick shout out again to to Herbic. It's very reminiscent of the serif text letter forms that you find in old books and and mm. early 20th century literature or 19th century literature and it's a nice digital reimagining of that especially the italics is very reminiscent uh, you can feel like you're reading a first edition anna karenina in herbic couldn't agree more josh absolutely Another bit of Foundry news that broke while we were out these last couple weeks was the launching of a new offshoot experimental type Foundry from Pangram Pangram. A sister family, if you will. Off type. That's right, Pangram Pangram has been on such a tear lately that they've made a whole other Foundry to host their more experimental, more wild, expressive, and perhaps even more wacky type graphic ideas. One of the highlights from the debut of Nine in the catalog is miniature a quote theatrical restrained and flexible display serif it's really expressive with large christmas ornament ball terminals slender branching swashes and a bounciness that's really hard to find i really enjoy the the spirit of this typeface it's very cool yeah the the off type website describes it as elegant polite and swooshy which is a neat combination (laughs) of three words that shouldn't mix but does feel like you're about to go to the ball Swooshy. And lastly, a big bit of news from industry leaders Typotech. First of all, they published a new website that is just amazing. It's colorful, clear, helpful, informative, easy to understand, well-paced, and gets you into the fonts right away. Stellar redesign of a type website, setting the, the tone, I guess. It's a, setting a real example for the rest of the industry. This website announcement comes at the same time as the launch of another massive, and I mean massive, undertaking. The publishing of an enormous new collection of Georgian fonts, Mm -hmm. encompassing over 30 families drawn to their usual very high standard quality. So I don't know how much you know about Georgian, Josh. I certainly don't speak it. Yeah. But it's certainly an overlooked language and writing system. Hungry for more fonts. It is certainly something that we don't see. You don't see it very often, which makes this all the more important. Yeah, yeah, us here in the U.S., we're obviously not as exposed to Georgian. Um, We know it exists, but uh, it's a a fascinating language and it's a fascinating writing system um, that has real legacy and history and heritage to it. Um, but just not enough fonts out there. Imagining, imagine using all the fonts or all the fonts that you had available to you were from uh, the end of World War II. Like that would be just <laughs> a real drag, right? right. Yeah. yeah. This is why this uh, massive new collection of Georgian fonts is so important. Uh, Typotech produced- This truly opens such a large door. Yes. 
Tepatech produced a documentary about it all as well, um, which spells out the context of the project and why there needed to be at least 30 new Georgian font families. Mm -hmm. What a huge project, inspiring to see the world opening up through fonts even more in this way. Um, Tepatech always does a really good job of bringing communities together around fonts and opening up access. Yeah, what an undertaking. All right, everyone, we're talking sins this week. Ooh. And not just any sins, not your run-of-the-mill sins, no. We're talking deadly sins. Ooh la la. Yikes. The seven deadly sins, you may know, sloth, wrath, gluttony, envy, lust, greed, and pride. That was in no specific order. Uh, I don't know why, but I've, I've always been kind of fascinated by the concept of the seven deadly sins, especially when they show up Mm -hmm. in literature or pop culture. Yeah, it's a cool set. It's a captivating framework to me, and it's got a rich and bizarre religious history. It just is interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And maybe I just think it's fascinating that there are that there are these seven pretty broad categories that we're all supposed to stay the away from, but we really don't and can't and it's not <laughs> like humans to do. So it's just kind of a weird, <laughs> it's right. a weird thing all around. Um, so Kyle, do you consider yeah. yourself a sinful person? <laughs> Be honest. Uh, Josh, I think that files under none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Fine. Uh, but to really answer your question, no, I, I don't think I, I'm a a rather sinful person. No, I um, I wouldn't describe you as as such. And from what I understand of the seven deadly sins, though, this is uh, everybody's got at least one of them or all of them in some kind of level. Is that right? Well, that's the the idea is these are these are what you should avoid but yeah everyone has their own flavor everyone has right. their the thing that they are pulled towards the most uh or or a handful and yes everyone is we contain multitudes we have a little bit of everything and so to that end uh Kyle and I did we took a survey that was put out not so long ago by University of Pennsylvania to outline your own personal level of of seven deadly sins so we thought we'd share as a good this is Mm -hmm. a good get to know your hosts better exercise i think sure so kyle you took this survey what what of the seven deadly sins are you most guilty of well the survey expressed it in terms of impulsiveness how impulsive are you in each one of these seven categories towards the sin right so it turns out that i am the most impulsive in the sloth category fascinating I I I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like it makes me seem lazy, <laughs> which I assure you I am not lazy. I, hey, let's hey, let's set a, a ground rule for for you and I discussing here and anyone listening. This is a no judgment zone. <laughs> yeah, okay, great. This thanks. is we are we are all sinners. We are all taking it on the chin here. Yeah. Uh so we you know, let's be kind. But um yeah, so I'm I'm sloth apparently more so than all the others. I didn't get any of the seven sins in like an exorbitantly large amount, <laughs> so it's not like it's intensely sloth like. Um, I I also got sloth. Yeah, but sloth was my uh, oh great <laughs> my main, which totally scans. I am 
I am in full agreement with that. <laughs> and it did. It was like I'm in like the 50th percentile for sloth. So it's it's there, yeah. but it's not it does not it's not all consuming. It does not define me. Mm-hmm. What was your what was your least um least impulsive? My least was wrath. Yeah, same. And I came in like zero. I was in like the zeroth percentile. <laughs> yeah. For Which, like a couple of nice guys, you know, <laughs> just just chill dudes. <laughs> we're nice guys. Now we have the data to back it up. That's right. Now uh, you cannot claim that we are angry, wrathful humans. We're just not. We're just nice. So let's bring this back to typography, because that is why Great. we are all here. Uh, so what we wanted to do today was take the concept of these seven deadly sins and uh, come up with what we envision a font named after the seven deadly sins, named and designed after these seven mm-hmm. sins. Um, and then we also have done some very brief looking out in the real world to see if someone has already designed these fonts and we'll see if they actually match uh, what we yeah. think or if they even took the inspiration of the sin at all. Uh, and I think you will all find that they probably didn't. But mm-hmm. let's begin. Let's begin, Kyle, with our favorite sin, Sloth. <laughs> the one Home that base. we attach to. I feel like we can be really, yeah, it's, it's our starting point. Mm-hmm. For all things, uh, so how would you describe uh, describe and and design a sloth typeface? This is an interesting one to get your head around. Um, my first yeah. thought initially went to the generic Geo Sans. I've always thought Geo Sans were so <laughs> slow looking its. because one, they're super stable. Um, interesting. Two, they're often boring. Uh, <laughs> they're not built for speed, but for clarity. You know, it gives them this slothy, slowed down, kind of inactive. It's it's really hard to activate a GeoSans, I think. So I would start in that genre at least, and to really mm-hmm. drive it home on the nose, I would say, right, I would put a, a back slant on it and just have it hanging back, nice, not in a rush to get anywhere, and preferring to not even progress down the reading line. Like it's on a moving platform, so its legs are going out, but it's so slothful <laughs> yeah. that it the rest of it's hanging back. Right. Totally. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting starting point. I don't know much more beyond that, though. <laughs> For me, I wanted something that like abnormally drops below the writing line, that like mm-hmm. descenders where they don't belong in letters that don't have descenders. So it just kind of has this okay. like, droop to it all. And... Sure. And I also envision, yeah. for some reason, a seraph. Not sure why. Maybe I'm envisioning the animal, a sloth, and I think the the seraphs are claws. Little claws, but yeah. It, so it, need, it needed like a little bit of stability, mm-hmm. except that it's drooping, except that it's it can't be bothered. I kind of like that. It embraces the laziness side of sloth. The, the like, I just, I don't have the energy to get up and go. So I'm, I'm slipping through the grate. <laughs> right, right. And so I yeah. there there is a uh, a free font out there called Sloth that is just a, a very clean simple sans serif geometric typeface. So perhaps that fits your description <laughs> pretty. Yeah, I was right about that at least. I don't um, know if it feels slow, but it's it is just a right simple geometric sans. So 
perhaps that is the way to go. Yeah, I don't know if that one has a real correlation to the I name, don't think so. But we'll see. I'm not, I'm not yeah. sure about that one. Let's move to something, I think, a little more fun. Wrath. Wrath, the yeah. thing we know nothing about. Wrath. Um, Rage. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, Rage into the night. Rage against the machine. <laughs> That's what wrathful people say, right? Uh, so how would you describe <laughs> and how would you design a wrath typeface, Kyle? You know what? I think this one is pretty clear in my brain. Uh, I, I got to go with just straight up metal type. Like or sorry, uh, metal band logos. Yeah, right. Like Megadeth and you know just like metal music. Those band logos go hard, and it's really not even about the letter forms at that point. It's about the the electrified tendrils of just strokes and and art that comes out of these things. So that kind of attitude, that styling, put into a typeface um, that feels really wrathful for to me. So this this energy that is just bounding out of these things and lashing out, taking up space. And it's not even really doing its job. It's just filled with like hate. <laughs> yeah, well, that's pretty amazing. My my answer was, I, I think Wrath's pretty easy. I, th- I don't think many people, yeah. and we didn't really go against the grain here. I said just a black letter, but a black letter with some chaos built in that it, it kind of mm-hmm. stretches out. It, it's like Venom from the Spider-Man comics. It kind of has Ooh, yeah. oozes yeah, out great. and splats out. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like pretty much what, what you were saying. And while I couldn't find any fonts just called Wrath, there are some with Wrath in the name, and they're all scratchy, black letter re. So yeah. <laughs> no one is being too creative with Wrath. And you couldn't, mm-hmm. right? You couldn't do like a pastel color <laughs> font with Wrath. Right. You, you're kind of stuck, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Let's move now to gluttony, a fun one, gluttony, a good one. Uh, so let's get gluttonous. It's an old school word, you know. Like it's not about fat. It's about right. this this engorging consumption. of oneself. Like gluttony is such a good. Yeah, it's a consumption exactly. So how would you bring that to a typeface, Kyle? Well, I perhaps have a less aggressive. Um, take on it than than others might. You, Mister Wrath, uh, has a <laughs> has a lighter touch. Um, I think it's got to be it's got to be like you said, like you know, a bit blobby, a bit rotund, round, um, kind of uh, folds, uh, and, folds, yeah, and volume, um, yeah. So something like Socko sure. that we just talked about um, at the top of the show. I think. Uh, that would be a very good example of something gluttonous, um, as in full or uh, taking it all in or taking, sparing no expense in yeah. the fullness of yeah, it. Yeah, my idea was that it's taking up more um, space than yeah. it is allowed. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking, because I, I did think, I thought about yeah. like just blob or big, but I think instead if it's like, Right. wide proportions but really lousy spacing so th- the letters are con- like overlapping and consuming each other <laughs> that would be that would Ooh, be gluttony good. uh to me so it's it's it is yeah. more about the spacing than it is the size or even the 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 chunk. That's very astute. I really like that. I have thrown around the word chunk yeah. 
or chonky. In this podcast, <laughs> I've used the word chonky maybe 20 times in my life, and all 20 of them are in this podcast. I don't know why that... <laughs> it it's comes just to the territory, the tip of the tongue, My My chonky tongue. Uh, anyway, gluttony does exist as a font that I found, but bizarrely, it's a very dainty script font, and I can't figure that one out. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't get that one either. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Very thin. I that's uh, maybe they're just going for the opposites. You're playing the opposite because I can't figure that one out otherwise. Yeah, um, that one was strange to me. Yeah, maybe it's just an available. <laughs> name. Yeah, you just put yeah, it into knows. a random word generator and you just run with whatever goes. <laughs> that's how that one felt. Yeah. All right, envy. I don't know about you, Kyle. I think this is the hardest one to envision mm-hmm. in a in a visual medium. Mm. Maybe you had an easy to, easier time than I did. But yes. what do you what do you got for envy? Yes. Well, I think in my you know like it's not it's something that lies under the surface or it lies in wait to strike. Um, so to me, like an envious font would be actually on like the thinner side. I think like a thin or hairline weight, perhaps. Um, and maybe a little swashy, maybe a script, maybe something that's um, you know, got a subtle weight shifts here and there, maybe a reverse contrast, um, but something that's like you know snaky and slimy, and um, or you know something like that feels like smoke out of a cigarette, you know, kind of lingering in the oh, air. Yeah, you know? um, that just screams jealousy to me for some reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> I like the anthropomorphizing of of like it would be a person who is who is like enters the room like smoke it would yeah it has that kind of like even though that's not directly envy but i like that imagery yeah. around it think like and, and the serpent yeah think like it's nice far from aladdin or something like that it's like this and it feels well it feels very yeah. garden of eden too it's uh original sin wow we didn't even yeah. wow i didn't even think about doing original <laughs> sin okay We'll bonus have to do sin. Another episode. <laughs> bonus sins. Um, all right. So bear with me on my okay. envy idea because I went a little galaxy brain yeah. with it. But I really it's wanted to, to encapsulate this idea of, of jealousy. So I would want a, a programmed variable font okay. where each letter has a is variable and has characteristics that uh, are like the letter that came before it. So hmm. every letter is jealous of the letter that came before. And so if you have like an O first, then the next letter is going to have a little bit more roundness. If you have an I, it's going to be a little yeah. bit more stick thin. So then it becomes like a game of telephone mm-hmm. through whatever it is that you're yeah. writing until probably it becomes just madness, which I <laughs> which I also kind of like. I mean, if you're going to have a font yeah, based on that's a, a sin, through line. it probably shouldn't work out for you in the end. So uh, I also liked that this would kind of just, this is more experiment yeah. than usable font. But I also liked the idea that in a word, the letters get jealous I love of the high other. concept of this. Yeah. I feel like there's yeah, a children's very book high somewhere in there. Very for you, Josh. That's great. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait, patent pending, patent pending. There's a great, there's a really good children's book in this. Nobody steal it. So I do want to point out, I, I couldn't find an envy a lot of envy mm-hmm. out in the real world. But I did want to point out something I found that I don't know if it's a full-fledged 
typeface. Maybe it's just a, a project, but it's an uh, Arabic Ooh. typeface named Envy, and all of the forms are mm-hmm. built yeah. like flame. Kind of this burning Envy inside you, yeah. And it's a very cool thing, and I, I couldn't find a whole lot of information about it, but that was a cool... I, I hadn't... Th- yeah, I hadn't thought about the burning envy uh, idea when I was thinking about it. So, so there's a good angle out there uh, if you're looking for an envious Arabic typeface. Next up, let's move to lust, Kyle. Uh, how would you design your lust? Yeah, this is, typeface, this is kind of uh, choppy waters, let's say. Um, I think <laughs> this has a, a bit of a history. Kyle, in the type world. Kyle, already. you're blushing. Uh, there is a typeface called Lust out there, um, I, which has brought up a lot of ideas around um, sexualizing fonts or humanizing fonts, uh, especially in the way that you talk about them. But we don't have to really sure. go there on this podcast. I think that that's a discussion no, that has right. been had and it's continuing to be had. But <laughs> I think. Uh, lust or desire is such a human thing that it's hard to impose that concept onto something inanimate like fonts. Um, so I'm going to kind of get like lust adjacent, right. perhaps. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think of a lustful font as a font that exudes attraction. So kind of the positive version of this. It, it is hard to put... right. Uh, descriptive words on how I would design a typeface like that, but um, I would like to point to Rapida and Rapidissima from Typotech because it feels like it has confidence, attitude, and a bit of a aggression to it that that just says, mm-hmm. "Hey, I'm ready to engage in some kind of relationship with you." Um, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, that's how lustful people enter into the conversation. Yeah, uh, hey, I'm trying not I, to get canceled here as well, but I, <laughs> I would like to have a relationship with you. I'd like to be lust yeah, adjacent. But I think it's you. the confidence thing for me that that strikes at that. So designing a typeface around that concept. Sure, yeah. and that's the direction I went. I I went with a little bit of that sharp edgeness to the mm-hmm. the aggression that comes with the ooh that's a good word yeah obsession part of of lust so i was thinking you know i i think the kind of generic idea that came to mind was a was a script font was a right. you know loops but i was like no a script font with lots of sharp it's it's sharp i my signature is a very sharp signature, and I feel like there's not a lot out there that emulates that really yeah. uh, aggressive, pointed, lots of uh, very mm-hmm. very vertical uh, letter forms. So that's kind of what I figure. It, it would be the font for a dominatrix in the yellow pages. You know, you, it just... <laughs> it's It's got... Some elegance, but it's really quite aggressive. Yeah, this one's a tough one to to tie down. I don't really, I don't, I don't think we've nailed this one, but um, I'm eager to see if other people have had. I can tell you uh, got a little flustered kind of... on that one, Kyle. Yeah. All right, let's go to greed. Mm-hmm. Let's be greedy and take greed. it all. Kyle, how would you design greed? 
Ooh, so greed is very, also very colorful to me. Greed is so poisonous. I think it, mm, it's a very mm-hmm. succession, right? I mean, succession is based around this idea of greed and intrigue. Um, to the max. Yeah, there's something secretive about it. There's something, uh, I think it needs to be something sharp, something thorny, something slimy as well, slender, kind of very close to envy in a way. Um, but whatever it is, it needs to be uncomfortable, it needs to be scratchy and like churning or, mm. or turning over on itself with this very strange uh geometry i don't know i think there are some typefaces out there that nail the sharpness um kind of this evilness that comes along with greed a spite if you will Mm -hmm. i like that but yeah i think that there's something about that stomach churning aspect to it that i would put into a typeface based on greed. it should make you feel uncomfortable yeah oh yeah oh oh, yeah oh yeah um i went I, i guess i did go a little bit uh, conventional with greed. I have I have two options for greed, and it's either just uh, a block font taking up more than it should have. It has taken more space than was allowed it. Um, it's either that mm-hmm. or a poorly kerned GeoSans that costs $300 per style. <laughs> it's just <laughs> all it's, about the money. It has nothing to do about, with the design. It has everything to do with the implementation. Yeah. And the salesmanship. <laughs> but you really, but you're also, you're not hiding it. You are so sure of your greed. You're going to name the typeface greed and then be greedy about it. Yeah. Um, I I thought of a really good candidate for my version of greed. Yeah. Tell me. And it is uh, ready by plain form. Oh, yeah. Yes. Good answer. It looks like this rot intestine slash brain node slash I think I once described it as I don't know gothic black letter I think thing. I once described it as tumorous yeah I think that's good I think yeah greed grows like a tumor and I think that's this typeface is perfect for that yeah and that fits really nicely with perfect. your description I agree um, display type foundry does have a font called greed that mm-hmm. is a very sharp clean uh, sans yeah. So we, it did not take our kind of grandiose thoughts. Yeah, we're high concept. However, I have to say there is, we, we are high concept here <laughs> at the entire gang. That and slothful are our two <laughs> big things. Um, but actually, I have to say something about display type screed mm-hmm. actually really reads. It reads like um, what would be on the wall at a bank or, or at a, in, a, in an office space. So I, it does have kind of that corporate uh, potential could be used for yeah. greed. I, I don't mean to speak ill of it. There's it something does not, subtle going on. It does not on. serve evil uh, purposes. I just, I can talk myself into the greed. I sure. can talk myself into the greed. All right, we're going to finish up. We're, we're going to have to do some repentance after this episode, <laughs> Kyle. But we're going to finish up. Our tour to sin. Our tour to our tour to sins ends with pride and then pride. and then will cometh before the fall um mm-hmm. how would you design pride i think it's got to be a display face i think it needs an upright mm-hmm. posture 
I think it needs a condensed proportion uh, and something in the fuller side of weight, um, maybe a bold or a medium. Um, something that's not uh, it's not large, but it, it has a domineering personality or, or air to it. Um, mm -hmm. I think it needs to be strong and sturdy feeling, uh, confident. I guess maybe this is very telling, but pride is not one of the seven deadly sins that I understand that well. <laughs> sure. It, it yes. probably, I, I think I, I, I know it the least, right. I guess. So my typeface is probably a bit cliche. I think leaning into what other people talk about pride as being. Right. Um, I would probably do something like Tiempos maybe from Klim or something that's well established but has a a strong positive uh, mm -hmm. point of pride to it. Right. Yeah. I, I don't see pride as a sin I, that often, so I, I'm looking at it more in a, in a good way here. Well, I think that's the the conversation around pride usually is like isn't it good to be proud of the work you do isn't there right. a lot of positivity <laughs> to being to having pride when it's earned i think the sin yeah. comes from two things a sense of unearned pride if you enter the room with pride sure you've got to be a problem and then i think it also harkens back to a, a more religious origin of being more prideful than god than than uh. that you are greater than those around you and, <laughs> and the deity. It's hard to imagine a typeface that says, I am God. So, <laughs> right, correct. So I went, I kind of went with a, a kind of that old school feel. I, I went with something that would be reminiscent of like Roman calligraphy. Because then I also think like, oh, sure. Rome, ancient Rome has that feel of it fell mm -hmm. due to under the weight of itself. Yeah, kind of this hubris. I went with hubris more and and a more historical yeah. take uh, on that. Because I do think pride is, at least the way that we in modern times take it, is a hard thing to just view through the lens of, of yeah. sin. But, so more on that in a second. But there is a, I did discover a, a free font out there named Pride that really had nothing prideful to do with it it was just a brush stroke mm -hmm. uh script font but i did want to point out that obviously when you google pride yeah. typeface that you get a bunch of typefaces associated with the pride movement and particularly yep. you get gilbert which is the font that is an homage to gilbert baker who designed yep. the pride flag and is uh all over the place when it comes to pride events and LGBTQ communities. Sure. So that's the the association you come to when you Google pride typeface. Um, yeah. And that so Which that got good. me thinking, and I want to use this as kind of a conclusion to this to this thing. Because we're we're talking sure. sins. Yeah. So that's a little tough. But especially with with that last example of pride, like these are all words and when you're designing a font and naming it and if you're taking the any inspiration from whatever the seven deadly sins are those are just that they are just inspirations and so 
Mm -hmm. I, what I enjoyed about doing this project with you, Kyle, is these aren't like negative connotations to these fonts. You can still design with good intentions and repurpose to good use. Just, yeah. but if you name your font gluttony, it either can or cannot have anything to do with gluttony. But even if it does, that is part of the artistry. That is part of the the inspiration that goes into where yeah. this is headed. And then you can't really help where it goes, a la pride. We have a completely def different definition yep. of pride uh, today. And to even include it in as a seven deadly sins requires more context. Caveat, caveat, caveat. Then is even worth your time. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Fonts do live in the modern zeitgeist. They live in the modern context of culture. Um, so yeah, some of these words do take on different connotations. And I, I like going through exercises like this with you, Josh. It's, it's a great way to challenge your design brain yeah. to come up with different ideas. It's a good jumping off point, a creative... Uh, starting gun, if you will, um, but also a you know just a nice way to examine your own thoughts about those uh, the seven deadly concepts. Right, right. It's it gives you a starting point you wouldn't have started with in a vacuum, and potentially takes you in all kinds of wacky places, a la a variable font that is envious of the letter before it. What the hell <laughs> is that? I think it'd be kind of cool. That's it for this week's Interrogang. This episode was edited by Andrew Spiris, who provides most of the original music you hear on our episodes. The music you are listening to right now is Cut It Loose by Max Band. The Interrogang is a production of Proof & Co. Visit our website at proofco.xyz to subscribe to our weekly newsletter or to get your copy of the 2022 Annual Report and Almanac or to see whatever else is going on in the world of type. Follow us on Twitter at proof underscore end underscore co, on Instagram at proofco.xyz, or drop us a line via email at hello at proofco.xyz. If you have any thoughts on what we discussed in this episode, have any topics you would like to hear discussed on a future interrogang, or if you're lust-adjacent, we'd love to hear from you. And if you're enjoying the podcast, and of course we hope you are, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month by following the link in our episode notes. Your support helps us expand what Proof & Co. and the Intergang have to offer. As always, thanks for being a part of the Intergang. We will see you next time. Well, somebody had a cat emergency. <laughs> That's good. Good save. Very <laughs> long pause to dispose of the cat. And I agree with you in the mix <laughs> somebody's got a cat emergency somebody's going to jail bailey come on dude go in your bed <laughs> that is a cat who will not give up he's like kyle it's hailing That's exactly what he's saying save me